This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns on Thursday. In the meantime, I'm quite pleased to be joining you on the show on Fight Back and uh, including the coming topic uh, that we're about to discuss, which is driving retirement. And certainly there are a few child parent conversations as sensitive as this one. We want to hear from you if you've had this difficult chat with an elderly relative, elderly parent, or perhaps you are an elderly parent who's had this conversation and has has had to decide that uh, you're finished driving in your life. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740. On the flip side, we also want to hear from you. Uh, If you're an elderly driver and you're still very much on the roads and feel confident and haven't had any issues at all, certainly those comments are welcome as well. Transport Canada collects data on serious car accidents across the country and releases annual reports including a demographic breakdown of fatal crashes. That data shows an alarmingly consistent trend. More seniors have died in traffic fatalities than any other age group across Canada between 2000 and 2015. Over that time span, seniors accounted for an average of 447 deaths a year. Now, it is important to point out that those numbers include several groups on the roads, drivers, passengers, pedestrians, cyclists, and motorcyclists, and do not specifically highlight deaths caused by seniors behind the wheel. But when senior drivers are singled out, the same data reveals that since 2010, seniors have consistently topped the list for most driver fatalities of any age group. To help us put these numbers in perspective, Brian Patterson, President and CEO of the Ontario Safety League and occasional fight back guest joins us. Brian, welcome. Hi, Brian. Can you hear me? Uh, I hear you, Claire. Yep. Okay, great. So this appears to be a growing problem. Is it a growing problem or are there just more people that now fall into that demographic? I think there's a couple of issues at hand. Uh, drivers between the age of 16 and 19 have the same collision cycle as, uh, as seniors do when they're uh, over 65. So uh, we have a period of high uh, collision likelihood, and then it, it, it drops down at about 25, and it runs until 55, and then it starts to climb up again. So we are seeing more drivers uh, uh, that are continuing to drive, uh, and part of that is uh, that uh, uh, I think we've got more active seniors who are more uh, engaged and need to keep driving. I have a couple of people I see uh, on the weekends are driving at 90, so it's not uh, it's not uh, uh, so far out of the out of the realm. But uh, I do get about five calls a week from people asking, "What can I do about my mom or my dad?" Ah. Because I'm very concerned, or my uncle Joe. I don't think he should be driving, but he's. And then they have five or six reasons why they continue to drive. And so I want to hear what you say to them. 
Well, uh, there's a couple of options. One is they can do a driver evaluation, and we do a lot of driver evaluations for people that fall into that category. And sometimes they just need to have their uh, driving uh, uh, buffed up a bit, a bit rusty, and have to be aware of uh, changes. Uh, Some of them are can be significant. One is that uh, a cognitive change that comes as you get older, you're just a little slower at uh, those high-speed changes. So if you're making a left turn into oncoming traffic, you may uh, miscalculate the speed or the time, etc. You know, it's interesting. I have a couple of personal stories before we get to our callers. Um, my step-grandmother, who is still in my life, uh, she doesn't live in Toronto. Um, she's in Kingston, but she doesn't want to drive anymore. So when she comes to visit us, she takes the bus. But she does drive around Kingston. She's not quite 80 yet, but she knows her own limitations, and she just doesn't feel comfortable on the 401 anymore. So you can you can kind of, I, I guess, wean yourself off driving slowly or, or stay away from the highways or do what you feel you're capable of doing. Now, that's very common among the senior driver cohort. There, uh, there are many who take it very responsibly, so they don't feel uh, uh, well enough to drive every day of the week. And if they get up uh, and don't feel like driving, they cancel whatever uh, they had planned. Or uh, their driving is between the hours of 10 and uh, 3, because in the area they live in, they're less likely to run into the kind of hectic, congestive traffic that we deal with here in uh, Toronto. And, of course, uh, uh, for many, they, uh, they have events in their week that uh, the drive is only going to be 20 minutes from their house, and they uh, are very comfortable with that. But certainly driving to Kingston uh, to meet a friend for lunch would not happen anymore. Right. And then in the other scenario, uh, my great aunt, who will be 93 this year, loves to drive. And she's driving around a small town in Nova Scotia. But my cousins are worried about her because they feel that she should not be driving. But she says, if you take my license and my keys away from me, I might as well roll up in the corner and die. She she really, even if it just means driving to the park or going to the drive through for a coffee, she feels like this just gives her purpose to live. So in those situations, how do you deal with someone you love so much and who loves driving but is clearly maybe putting themselves and others at risk? Uh, Those questions answer as follows. One, I need to have my car in the driveway, otherwise people will come and break into my house. You'll have no trouble finding a neighbor who will happily park that extra car (laughs) in your driveway and leave the appearance that you're uh, that you have an active driveway and are an active driver, if that's important. It's a bit of an urban-rural split, but certainly in the urban environments now with Uber and taxis and the ability to set that up, uh, there's lots of seniors can get the five or six trips a week that they need far, far, far more economically by by, uh, taking Uber or a taxi for uh, those events. And uh, I'm uh, happy to say that uh, I've been in meetings for the last couple of years with some of the municipalities, and they're looking at all kinds of ways to create the capacity to get from your house or your apartment to whatever event it is you need to do in the community, whether it's by uh, supported taxis 
whether it's by uh, having a community bus in some smaller communities to do that running around. And at the end of the day, I think uh, we are looking at seniors uh, uh, actively. Uh, the other one is, uh, you know, uh, there are people uh, in their 90s who are uh, uh, very, very active, very, very cognitive in uh, their abilities to uh, do things. So uh, uh, there they go to uh, um, uh, aunt and uncle. But in a rural area, it can be more complicated, and it also has maybe the advantage of less congestion. Good food for thought. We're speaking with Brian Patterson, president and CEO of the Ontario Safety League, and clearly this is an issue he deals with with uh, people on the phone. So if you'd like to give us a call and ask Brian a question, uh, some great ideas to make sure that elderly people uh, still feel vital and are still getting out and and around without having to drive there themselves. 416-360-0740, toll-free. 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Marvin in Toronto. Marvin, your comment? Hi, I'm just uh, just listening to your guest. Um, my husband's great aunt, who is 100, just turned 100 last November, is still driving. Mind you, she's wow. in a small town, like he mentioned, and she only drives to church, drives to pick up the groceries, you know, drives the girls around town. But at 100 years old, she's still still driving, and um, she actually got her te- driving test done when she was 99 and passed with flying colors. Amazing. But and she's also of the sound mind that if it comes to a point in time that she can't drive, that she won't. She knows that at some point she may have to stop. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But at 100 years old, I think that's amazing. And is, I, absolutely, is your husband worried? No. Okay, no. well, that's good. That's no, she's also 90% self-sufficient living on her own and i guess so. th- that is the exception probably uh, brian well i think as you uh, uh as uh, those numbers uh, fluctuate from uh either stats canada or from uh, transport canada from mto but we do know there are significantly more drivers say driving over 85 than had uh, had driven in the past and uh, at the end of the day it sounds like uh this is a switched-on lady who's uh, uh, going to make that decision. And, it, and it, it, if for some, I never drive in the winter, I don't drive in bad weather, I don't uh, do any of the following. So they're sort of like uh, guys my age on their motorcycles. If there's not good weather, I don't think I'm going to ride. Uh, Brian, there, there are organizations out there as well that provide uh, less expensive, cheaper rides for seniors uh, to go along with what we were speaking with there a moment or so ago. Um, so that you, you you were mentioning Uber, but there are ways to get out. And clearly, if you're not paying for car insurance and gas and all of that, the costs, as you mentioned, will be a lot less. Well, you know, when we talk about the collision rate being the same as 16 to 19 year olds, it seems sometimes trying to have the economic discussion that says you don't really need a car because uh, if we put all that money in the bank, there'd be money left over after you paid for every ride to everywhere you want to go. And, and like, a, like an 18-year-old, they sort of look at you and go, really, I like it the way I like it.
Okay. Uh, When we come back, we're just going to take a quick break. And I do want to hear from you if you've been in a position where you've had to give up your license or speak with an elderly parent about giving up their license. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-744-740. And when we get back here, um, I'll ask Brian about what's involved here in the province of Ontario with renewing your license once you hit uh, the age, the milestone age. Age of 80. That's coming up next. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about driving retirement this half hour and wondering if you've ever had to give up driving because of your age. Did you get to a point where you didn't have the same faculties as when you were younger? Either you came to that conclusion yourself or somebody had to have that conversation with you. Or maybe you've had to have the conversation with an elderly parent. I also want to know if you're prepared to stop driving. When the time comes and either somebody has that conversation with you or you realize it yourself, are you prepared to stop driving? If you've given up driving, how difficult, how challenging has it been to give up your car? 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. On the line with us here on Fight Back is Brian Patterson, President and CEO of the Ontario Safety League. Uh, Brian, for those who are approaching 80, they will need to renew their license. What's involved in that? Well, uh, um, uh, before 80, uh, pretty much at any stage, you can be sent for evaluation by a doctor or an optometrist. Uh, they're required to uh, report to the ministry, so you may be reevaluated at that point. And uh, prior to 80, uh, you can be reevaluated if you've been involved in a traffic collision in which the police believe that your uh, driving abilities were at question. So 80 is the magic number for most, but not, uh, but not for all. And uh, um, there's a couple of things you can do. One, uh, you, can, uh, uh, you can review the Highway Traffic Act and the driver's handbook with your, uh, uh, with your grandkids as they're getting ready to do their uh, mm-hmm. testing. That's a and good you, idea. You can do it online. You can do it, you can do it in many, many, many ways. The, uh, the other thing you can do is you can have a pre- in-vehicle assessment of your driving, and uh, that involves having a a qualified um, uh, driving instructor take you around, and they're often able to point out some of those bad habits that everybody develops over uh, their uh, driving career and may be able to provide you with uh, some uh, advice. The the test that's administered in Ontario, it's not uniform across the country, but in Ontario – does uh, uh, fairly accurately identify those that are having cognitive issues that have to do with the, their ability to focus, and uh, that leads to secondary or uh, in-vehicle uh, testing. So they're doing their best. Um, a lot of people uh, have overcome issues. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of seniors are tandem drivers. So they're, they're the driver, and they have the co-driver beside them, and they're both watching attentively and pointing out any issues that might be hazardous. Uh, so um, they've overcome the uh, ability not to pick up on all that, those focused items by having a co-driver, and uh, that's, uh, that's helpful for most people, well, except for me, because I, 
I find my wife irritating when she points out my driving issues. <laughs> well, we all feel that way, I think, right? We all think we're the best driver in the world. Okay, let's go to Mabel in Mississauga. Mabel, you have an experience you want to share? Yes, I'm going through it right now. Um, I sat for my driver's exam last August when it was due. I passed everything except for my eyes. So since August, I've been going back and forth, back and forth, with one test after another, and I'm on the waiting list now for surgery. And now I, this last doctor that I've seen in January, she reported me to the transportation minister that I was still driving. And uh, he sent me a letter that I have to March the 24th, and I'll, if I don't get that form in signed by the doctor, that I cannot ever get a driver's license again. Okay, but you're not driving right now. No. Okay, so you you are adhering to the guidelines and the and the suggestions. Well, yes, because and I haven't been driving on the highways for years. Mm-hmm. My husband uh, had to give up his driving seven years ago, so I've been a lone driver, and. I feel as if I'm in a prison here. Right, just waiting. And what And what about getting out and about in another way, Mabel, like with a family friend or with well, Uber or some sort of other service? Yes, I've um, been able to get out shopping a couple of times with help. And, you know, because I haven't, and I still do the cooking, I still do everything. But if I can't get my groceries, I can't cook. No, exactly. Bob, do you, or Brian, do you have any um, information, guidance you could share with Mabel to sort of ease her current situation? Well, uh, uh, in Mississauga, uh, there are a number of programs for seniors in Mississauga. They don't come immediately to mind. But if you check with the... uh, with your local counselor or uh, or uh, Mississauga information, they'll be able to help you out uh, on that end. Uh, you are an atypical case, Mabel. Often, uh, uh, senior uh, females are driving for uh, uh, having uh, potentially. I don't know how much your driving was prior uh, to your husband giving up his license. But often they're driving, having had long periods of time when they weren't active uh, drivers, and uh, um, they, uh, the, the decisions they make are often the better decisions. So it sounds like you're ready to ro- comply with the doctor. You're frustrated, but you're ready to comply, and that's a great sign because an awful lot of people just decide they're going to actively ignore it. And the worst thing, when a, an optometrist a friend of mine in Newmarket said, there are people who stop coming to their doctor if they're having coffee at Tim Hortons, and somebody says, oh, Dr. Jones took my license, so I'm going to, uh, so don't go to see Dr. Jones. <laughs> so you've done everything right, Mabel, and it may just be an adjustment for a short period, and you'll be driving again, or certainly Mississauga uh, will be able to help you uh, become, uh, uh, flip over to one of the other non-driving uh, options in town. Well, the, the when I got, then uh, I did my driver's test, you know, they, they didn't make a big deal of it. They just said, get your eyes examined, and then they fill out this form, and you'll get your license right away. But the, these uh, people at OCC, 
I've been going and going and going, and every time I go there, I see a different doctor. And they've just been stringing me along for seven months, and it is driving me nuts. But they are actually doing an examination when you're there, right? Or they're not doing the examination? Well, they they do a a, quick examination, but I think you spend more of your time, like hours, waiting. Does it seem like to you, Brian, that Mabel's caught up in a little bit of bureaucracy? Yes, I think so. I'm going to let you go so we can get to the next caller, and you can listen to what Brian has to say about that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, optometrists are doing the best that they can, and some of those tests that may only take a few minutes are clearly indicating a problem that should stop you from driving. So trust your optometrist, and if they can uh, help you, they will. But uh, in some cases, uh, they can't. Okay, let's go to Scylla in Toronto. Hi, Scylla. You're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. What would you like to ask or offer Hi. today? Well, I, I'm 69 years old. Oh, you're young. And so I'm... <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> But I, uh, uh, I, a year ago, I had a strange sort of um, atypical uh, seizure. And immediately, I, I immediately lost my driver's license. Um, I had all the MRIs, subsequently had all the MRIs and EEGs and whatnot done. And I came to the conclusion, and with also input from my doctor, that I had, that it wasn't, that it was a seizure brought on by um, using mixed drugs, uh, a little alcohol, and um, and not having and not being hyd- properly hydrated, so it's something that I kind of brought on myself. Um, but on top of that, I also have I've had glaucoma for many many years, which is being very well looked after, and I now have some cataracts, which are also being looked after. But through over the last few years, I've stopped, like Mabel, stopped driving on the highway, right? Because I felt that the in the in the what I call my bad eye, the depth perception and the peripheral vision were kind of going, and I was beginning to have difficulty. I live downtown in downtown Toronto, where mm-hmm. parking is really tight, and backing into parallel parking spots was becoming just a little a little iffy. Right now, we only have a minute to go here on the show today, Scylla. Was there a quick question you wanted to ask, Brian? Um, should I? If I'm feeling lack of confidence in my driving and if even if i do get my driver's license back should i be worrying about Mm. the seizure or whatever recurring again i mean should i or should i just count my blessings as i say i live downtown on a ttc line and within walking distance most things i really don't need a driver's license do i brian Stella, i don't want to cut you off and brian just a few seconds for the answer sorry i think you've thought it through well so uh if you give up driving altogether you're in a place that you can uh do well and, uh, uh, you know, following up and following the advice of your doctors is brilliant. There's an awful lot of people in exactly your uh, condition right now in Toronto. Okay, very good. Thank you, Brian, and thanks for your time today. Uh, thanks again, and drive safe if you're listening on the road. Brian Patterson, President and CEO of the Ontario Safety League. Thanks to Michelle Saunders, our producer, technical production by Myrna Trogrelich, and Bob Comsix News, coming up next on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.